Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. For some, the way that Pastor J.D. closes each Mideast prophecy update might be considered old news. You've probably heard the gospel message many times. I can promise you, you won't feel that way after hearing today's message. Pastor J.D. shares some deeply moving testimonies of how God is using the simple ABCs of the gospel presentation to change lives. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 20th, 2019. The clock is ticking, and the onus is on Netanyahu. And according to the Times of Israel, it's uncertain as to whether or not he'll be able to accomplish this. It's not looking good especially in light of his new proposal being swiftly rejected. The offer was quickly dismissed by Gantz as disingenuous, with the blue and white leaders saying, Netanyahu is, quote, not seeking unity, but immunity, in a reference to the prime minister's insistence on retaining the premiership, allegedly so as to avoid having to step down if he is indicted in the three criminal cases against him. Don't you find it a little bit interesting that they're trying to get rid of the President of the United States and the Prime Minister of Israel at the same time? Many believe it's the same uh, people. The current situation in Israel is so uncertain that according to Ynet News, a senior U.S. official says President Donald Trump's top Mideast advisor and son-in-law, Jared Kushner, will visit Israel at the end of the month. Kushner is scheduled to meet Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and his chief political rival, Benny Gantz, The official spoke on condition of anonymity because he was not authorized to speak publicly. Kushner's visit, by the way, will come on the heels of Secretary of State Mike Pompeo's visit to Israel to reassure an uncertain Israel of unwavering U.S. support in light of the uncertainty concerning Syria. Whenever you talk about uncertainty, and I'm sorry if I'm using that word a lot, but that's the topic of our prophecy update today, is this prophetic uncertainty. But whenever you talk about this, you have to talk about Syria. 
you probably heard about this, but there was a ceasefire, so-called, that was secured. Fox News reported that on Thursday, President Trump declared, quote, a great day for civilization, as Vice President Mike Pence and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced terms of a ceasefire agreement that would end violence between Turkey and Kurds in Syria following a meeting with Turkish President Erdogan in Ankara. Interesting that it was all over social media, but uh, President Trump wrote Erdogan, President of Iran, a letter, very interesting letter. Uh, it was so interesting that uh, people on social media actually thought it was fake news. I mean, basically the president, you, you gotta, you, you gotta hate him or love him. You gotta love this. He basically said, uh, you better stop what you're doing. I'm going to crush you. Have a nice afternoon. That was basically the, the letter. <laughs> Reportedly, when Erdogan received the letter, he threw it in the rubbish. Ain't going to happen. Next thing we know, <laughs> there's a deal for a 120-hour ceasefire, during which time the Kurdish-led forces could pull back from the roughly 20-mile-wide safe zone on the Turkish-Syrian border. The problem is that there are conflicting reports now about Turkey seeing this as merely a pause in operations and not a ceasefire. And it explains why, as of yesterday, fighting and exchanging blame continued between Syrian Kurdish forces and Turkey. Uh, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, the 120-hour ceasefire slash pause in operations ends on Tuesday. It should also be noted that Erdogan is planning a trip to Russia for talks with Putin concerning Syria, and it's going to also be this Tuesday, the 22nd, in two days. Probably should not come as any surprise by virtue of how Russia is now filling the void as Putin seeks to cement Russia's role as the power broker in Syria. Uh, we were told that this is exactly what would happen, right? We're told in Isaiah 17.1, we talk about it virtually every week, the prophecy concerning Damascus, Syria, and with it the prophecy concerning this alliance of nations with Russia, Iran, and Turkey at the helm that will invade Israel from the north vis-a-vis -vis Syria, is described in great detail in Ezekiel 38. And it's happening, exactly as we were told it would. But here's the thing. Everything now is in a state of uncertainty. 
And dare I say, uncertainty is synonymous with insecurity. And there is coming a man, we're told in Scripture, that will bring certainty, peace, and security to a world that is screaming for peace and security. There are other major geopolitical developments that are all riddled with uncertainty. One of which is, by the way, the president's peace plan being unveiled. Remember, he was going to unveil it after the elections, and then now it's uncertain. Add to this the uncertainty of the outcome of Brexit, which is the UK exiting the EU. Some suggest that is also a fulfillment of Ezekiel 38, specifically verse 13. So where are you going with this? Well, it is my belief that said uncertainty is prophetic by virtue of the fact that it's readying the world for the Antichrist to come on the scene, like never before. It's the likes of which we have never seen before. I'm going to take it further and say that it is also my belief that the Antichrist is alive and well today, behind the scenes. He's already, he, he cannot be on the scene yet, because the church hasn't been raptured yet. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert, when we get to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, we're going to talk about that. Just giving you a heads up. Some of you know exactly the verse that we're going to be talking about. But I would argue that the Antichrist cannot be revealed until the church is removed. The church has to be raptured first. Then he can be revealed. Listen to what John wrote in his first epistle, chapter 2, verse 18. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. And then he says this, listen, this is how we know it is the last hour. Can I say that again? Of course I can. <laughs> That's how we know it's the last hour of human history as we know it. The world's ready. Are we? The world is ready like never before for the Antichrist to be revealed, bring peace and security bring peace in the Middle East. We know from Daniel 9.27, it'll be a seven-year peace agreement. That's the seven-year tribulation. 
And in the midst of that seven years, the Antichrist in the newly rebuilt temple, which I'm convinced has to be part of the peace agreement, that the Jews will be allowed to rebuild their temple. Because at the three and a half year mark, the Antichrist in that temple is going to demand to be worshiped as God. And he's going to commit what we know to be an abomination there in the temple. Many believe the sacrificing of an unclean animal, an abomination that causes desolation. And it'll be at that point that the Jews will realize this is not our Messiah. And that's what will bring them to a saving knowledge of their true Messiah, Jesus the Christ. And for the last three and a half years of the seven year tribulation, the Jews are going to flee. Many believe, present company included, that they're going to flee to Petra in modern day Jordan, where for the last three and a half years, God will protect the Jews from the Antichrist who seeks to completely destroy them. That's how we know it is the last hour. It's because we know that this is the last hour that we do these weekly prophecy updates. It's also why we end with the gospel of Jesus Christ and a childlike simple explanation of salvation by way of the ABCs of salvation. What's the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus came, He was crucified and buried, and He rose again on the third day. Don't stop there. And He's coming back again one day. That's the good news. That's the gospel. Paul writing to the Corinthians in his first epistle, chapter 15, describes the gospel as the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he says twice, according to the Scriptures. In other words, according to prophecy. Do you realize that was the first prophecy in the Bible? Genesis 3, verse 15. Did we talk about this last week? I think we did. Sorry if I'm repeating myself. The Proto-Evangelicum that Satan would bruise the heel, but that Jesus would crush his head, the seed of a woman. That's a prophecy of the virgin birth, of the Savior of the world that would come and be sacrificed once and for all for the sins of all, because all have sinned. That's the good news, according to the prophecies in the Scriptures. Before we do the ABCs of salvation, I want to share with you an email. I received it from an online member this last week by the name of Audrey Brennan. And you'll forgive me, but I know there are some who might say, you know, pastor, you, you do the ABCs of salvation every single week. I know. Every time. I know. I've already heard it. Yeah, but someone might be hearing it for the first time. Such was the case with this 
online member. She writes, a few months ago, I emailed you about a young patient of mine who was losing a long battle with breast cancer. I was inspired by your challenge to share the gospel and report back with the results. I shared one of your prophecy updates with her, and she learned the ABCs of salvation. She then made the decision to accept Christ and chose to be baptized in her hot tub at home. She was physically unable to attend church. Yesterday she went to be with the Lord. Thank you for your guidance in sharing the good news. A couple years ago when I was in Minnesota speaking at Jan Markell's Understanding the Times conference, not this last month, but last year, right before I was getting up to speak, somebody ran up to me and shared with me one of the most powerful examples and testimonies I'd, I'd ever heard. She thanked me for the ABCs of salvation. She said, I led my friend to Christ using the ABCs of salvation. And, and by the way, it's not the only way, it's just a simple way. If I can do it, you can do it. It's a simple way to share how to be saved. So she shares with me how that she was able to lead this friend to Christ. And then after she got saved, she went to church with her on a Sunday. The very next day, her husband murdered her and then killed himself. She's with the Lord. Maybe I'm just saying, I'm never going to stop sharing the gospel and the ABCs of salvation, because you just don't know. What's the A? The A is for admit or acknowledge that you sinned and that you need the Savior. This is what we were just talking about in First Thessalonians. It's a turning from and a turning to. It's really repentance in the sense that there's a change of mind. And you acknowledge, I've sinned against God. I've fallen short of the perfect standard of God's righteousness. I've transgressed God's law. Those Ten Commandments, I broke every single one of them, and then, and then some. <laughs> I even invented more and broke them too. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the bad news. And there's more bad news because there's a penalty for that sin. And that's what Romans 6.23 says. The penalty is the death penalty. The wages of sin is death. But here's the good news. Are you ready for some good news? Don't you hate it when somebody comes up to you and says, I got some bad news and I got some good news. Which one do you want first? To which I just usually respond, get thee behind me, Satan. I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want any bad news. I've had enough bad news. I need some good news. Well, here's the good news, the good news. 
the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A, here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Pretty simple, isn't it? Too simple, maybe. Lastly, the C. The C is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, confess with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10, 13, this seals the deal. All who call upon the name of the Lord will, will be saved. That's it. If you have never called upon the name of the Lord, maybe you're watching online, I implore you, This state of uncertainty that we're seeing in the world today, it's prophetic. It is setting the stage like never before. It is readying the world for this charismatic world leader to come on the scene. One has called him the man with the plan, and he will be seen as the Savior solving all the problems, economically, governmentally, religiously, bringing everyone together. A new world order, if you will. A one world religion, a one world government, and a one world economy. That's how we know. This is the last hour. The Lord is coming. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for the good news. In a world filled with nothing but bad news. But thank you that the bad news can be the catalyst for the good news, the gospel of salvation. Lord, I pray if there's anybody here today in this church or watching online that has never called upon you, believing in their heart, trusting in you for the forgiveness of sins, acknowledging their sin, confessing you, Jesus, as Lord. I pray that they won't leave this church today without making the most important decision they'll ever make in their life for eternal life. Thank you, Lord. Come quickly, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you 
come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.